What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. Thank you to everybody who tuned into last week's episode. I talked about um, having adult ADHD and figuring out how to manage that and what that looks like. Um, You guys have been so great. I hope you know I do read a lot of my DMs and uh, messages I get on community, that app I was telling you about where I can like text you guys and stuff. And I got some really, really great messages from people who related. And that's exactly why I'm that open about it, you know? And it's kind of scary because anytime you talk about mental illness or, you know, any sort of, you know, perceived quote unquote weakness by society, it opens you up to criticism and it opens you up to people like not taking you seriously because they can blame things on that. So, you know, if I've been extra energetic one day, it's like, oh, like, are you manic? Or if I'm upset about something, it's like, oh, well, you're just depressed because, and you're just going through a depressed cycle or whatever. And, or also with like ADHD, it makes people question like you and your decision-making and it's really fucked up. And so that's the scariest thing about being open about it. But you guys have been so nice. Um, I had some friends, quote unquote friends, um, kind of throw things like that in my face a little bit. And that was really, really hard for me and made me not want to open up about it as much because it led to them criticizing how I was handling um, having bipolar disorder. And I have like the slightly less severe one. It's called like, you get, it's called hypomania instead of like hypermania. It's like this, as opposed to spending $5,000 on a purse and buying a random one-way ticket to Australia. It's like, I 
go out to a bar four nights in a row and send a risky text and buy a pair of $200 boots. Like it's, <laughs> it's the difference between that, but I take medicine for it and I don't even notice it anymore. Um, I can kind of feel when I'm ramping up because it's like this, I call it depressed list. So I'm like really sad, but I'm antsy and I can't stop going. Um, so it's not like that sluggish kind of depression, but it lets me know that like, you know, it's coming on, but it's so mild compared to what it was before I took medicine for it. Um, so if a friend is going to use that against me, clearly they have no idea what they're talking about. And they're also not a friend. Um, and in retrospect, I look at that and I'm like, that is so fucked up that anybody would do that. So if you're dealing with somebody who's trivializing your mental illness or questioning it or using it to illegitimize your decisions or like things you say and being like, well, you just think that because you're depressed or because you're manic or because you're whatever. Fuck that person. <laughs> like straight up. I, if you've followed my podcast, you know, I had some sort of like vague friend drama earlier this year. And I just had this moment now that I've sort of settled into like new, not a new friend group, but cause I think friend groups are kind of after a certain age, it's like, why are we so clicky? It's not high school. You shouldn't have to invite five people just because you invited one person over to your house. And I also don't really need drinking buddies. Like I'm a grown up. I'm focused on my work. I want to do things like, and I want to have fun, but I don't need like, I just don't need that, you know? And so I've, I've had this reevaluation where I've gone back and looked at these people that are missing from my life and realized that there's not that much missing. And I really do wish them the best. But if your life is more peaceful and happier without somebody, it's a really, really good way to feel less sad about losing them. And sometimes people change and they grow and they come back and that's great too. But they got to do the growing first because I'm not going to let myself get treated like shit. Um, okay, so this week... I had my boyfriend's twin sister's wedding and it was so fun. My brother gets married three weeks from now and I missed weddings so much because obviously with COVID, like they were all really small and probably would have been invited to these weddings if they happened during COVID. But I'm so happy for them that they get to have real big ass weddings because that's definitely what, um, my bro uh, what my brother and my boyfriend's twin sister wanted. So it was such a fun party and she had a train that was like literally, I mean, okay, if I'm thinking in the like span of church aisles, because I don't think that exact measurement, but as far as church aisles, it probably went like 20 long, if that makes any sense. It was so dramatic. I loved it. It was such a fun weekend and we got to have like a big like post-wedding 4th of July party at um, my boyfriend's parents' house and hang out by the pool. And then after that, I got to spend some time just relaxing, playing solitaire, doing absolutely nothing, hydrating to make up for <laughs> um, the drinking that happened during the wedding. But it was just like good vibes all around. And I had a total freaking blast. And um, me and Sam sang a song that we wrote for his sister and her husband together for their wedding and performed it at the reception. And that was fun. The thing about being a musician is like, if you know somebody who's having a wedding, you are going to have to write a song about them. But I really like doing it. For my brother's wedding, I'm singing a song that I wrote. 
Okay, so he wrote a poem about his fiance, and he was like, can you make this into a song? So it is written from a first-person perspective of someone who is very much so in love and very attracted to his fiance because it's him, but I'm singing it. And so then he asked me to sing it at the wedding. And I'm like, I'm going to be serenading your fiance with this like beautiful song written from a first person that's going to, and like, she's great. I mean, I would be very lucky, but she's my brother's fiance. And I'm just, I think it's going to be really funny, but it's going to be super special. And it's up in Maine. I get to go back to Maine uh, where I'm from for the first time in, since December, 2019. So that is so, so special to me. And I'm going to get to see a lot of my family. Sam's going to get to meet a lot of my family and see my hometown for the first time. Because going back during COVID kind of made me sad because I wanted him to be able to experience Portland for everything it is because it's such a great city. And I've definitely, you know, started to love it more now that I don't live there. And it's such a great place to go back and visit. But it'll be interesting. He'll meet my entire big, fat, crazy family. Um, but, and on the topic of that, I have a song coming out, uh, tomorrow. It's called Love Child and it's written about my family and my childhood and growing up. So the thing about Love Child is it is a, there's so many songs about happy childhoods and happy families that are super sentimental. And honestly, obviously it's complicated and there's happy memories everywhere. But I had a tough childhood. I had a really, really rough one and it was complicated and I grew up too fast and I missed out on a lot of things, but I'm still allowed to be sentimental about it. You know, I don't have to sing a song about the perfect family. And I found that in country music, there were a lot of songs I wasn't able to relate to. And I talked about it in the second verse of my song escape and said, um, I always thought it sounded nice to be proud of your hometown, but mine was never quite the kind you write country songs about. And that's always how I felt. And I, I wanted to write a song that encapsulated my feelings about my childhood, both good and bad, and spoke about it really honestly, but acknowledged that for all the good and for all the bad, that's what made me who I am. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. It started out, I wrote it with uh, Bruce Wallace and Eric Dodd and we wrote it during quarantine. It was one of my first in-person writes. I think we wrote it almost exactly a year ago. And we wrote outside on a porch and I was talking to them about my dad and how he had told me for years that he danced on stage with Janis Joplin. And I was like, okay, dad, sure, whatever. I, I didn't think he was lying, but I didn't necessarily think he was truthing either. And one day I was talking to Candy about it and I was like, he told me that that at the end of the concert, she'd been like, hey, if anybody wants to stay, we're filming a like concert, like D, well, obviously not DVD. This was like the 60s. But like, um, we're filming like a concert movie. And this was like after people had already started clearing out. So it was just like the super hardcore fans. So they got a freaking concert movie as an encore. And I was like, there has to be video of this. And I look it up and there is my dad in a furry coat on stage dancing with Janis Joplin. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never doubting him ever again. But so I wanted to write a song kind of talking about that. And it's so funny because this is how songwriting goes, but that part didn't even really end up making it in the song, but it led me to this really cool idea about not having the perfect childhood and but like still being able to look at it in a, not romanticize it, but like look at it in a romantic way. And so I talk about having Woodstock in my blood in the first chorus. And then it talks about all this music and, and my family. And it has one of my favorite lines I've ever written in my life, if not my absolute favorite line. And it's in the second verse and it talks about my sister whose name is Ashley Rhiannon. And uh, so obviously the song Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac is a very special song to me. But the line is... um talking about my dad's, uh, my dad's old suburban truck. And it's like, it's where I heard Rhiannon for the first time. My sister singing along for the last. Now she lives in the sky with the radio waves and comes down when I play Fleetwood Mac. And it makes me so much, it makes me really emotional to uh, sing that line. Even more so than the world keeps spinning. The world keeps spinning is really hard to get through. And that's a song I wrote completely about her and it's on open book. But that one, I'm able to kind of like dissociate for the three minutes and 30 seconds that I'm singing it. But Love Child is so high energy and like, it just covers so much. It's like a really emotional song, but it's happy and fun, but also not happy. And I think that just encapsulates like every emotion I possibly could have towards my family. And um, my parents weren't married when they had me. And that was always 
Like nowadays, I feel like that's not that big of a fucking deal. But when I was growing up, like super, super Christian, it was always like this like horrible thing. And I remember vaguely like having to almost like having to say a prayer and like repent for being a child born, quote unquote, out of wedlock. I don't even think people use that phrase anymore. It's so fucking bizarre that I ever had to do that. Like, I mean, how fucked up is that? That's so fucked up. And I remember hearing the uh, the song Love Child and um, like the old school song with my mom, like someone sang it on American Idol. And I was like, oh my God, mom, that's me. The Diana Ross song. And she looks at me and she's like, oh no. <laughs> And, um, so definitely like that phrase, like always stuck with me, but I don't think there's anything wrong with being a love child. Why is that so horrible to come from something like that? And my parents, I think they broke up when I was like four or five months old. So I've never even like seen them kiss or anything. I've never seen them together. And if they, if I did, oh my God, I don't even know how I'd process that. But it's going to be, um, I'm so proud of this song. I'm so excited about it. I hope it resonates with people. And it's the first single off of my EP, which we're going to be announcing very, very soon. And I'm just, I've been waiting to put out this song since the day I wrote it. But the funny thing is when me and my label and my team are going through picking songs, that one didn't make it in the Dropbox for whatever reason. I think it was because it wasn't one of the more recent ones I'd written and I'd sent it to the team and everybody liked it, but it just kind of got like put it to the side and nobody remembered it except for my boyfriend, Sam. And so the week that we were picking songs, I think this was like literally, oh my God, this was the night before we went in the studio. So I went in with Butch, my producer, and we did a song at a time and we kind of picked the song that we were doing the day of, and we just did that for a week. And we were going to start with something else, but I came in that morning and my, I put love child in the Dropbox because Sam was like, you're so crazy if you don't put that in there. And so I did. And Butch's manager, who's also helping like kind of A&R the project, so to speak, heard it and called Butch and was like, holy shit, you have to hear this love child song. So I get to the studio and he's like, oh my God, why haven't I heard this one yet? And I was like, I don't know, Sam just told me to put it in the Dropbox. Like I always loved it, but I just, I don't, I don't know really. I'm so attached to my song. Sometimes I try to stay as objective as possible and take into account other people's opinions. Like there's songs I will absolutely fight for, but this one, I just was like, maybe I love it so much because it's so personal. And so I didn't want to let my feelings get in the way of like, you know, picking the best song. But the fact that they could recognize that was so cool. And um, Butch was freaking out. And so we recorded it. So shout out to Sam for seeing that when nobody else did. <laughs> so that comes out tomorrow. And you guys can go and pre-save it. The link's in my bio right now. Um, I just shot something really fun for it. So that's going to be exciting. And it's just like the beginning of a new era and I could not be more excited. The graphics, um, for the whole like single and EP and stuff were done by, um, this really, really awesome human Siobhan. And he's been a fan of mine forever. Like, I mean, way back to, I think fight like a girl days. And, um, he's never actually even come to a show cause I've never toured in the part of Florida that he, um, is from, but I just adore him. And he's made like a lot of fan art and fan like pictures and stuff over time. And he's so good at it. And when me and my label were talking about who to use for graphic design for this 
EP, I was just like, what if we just ask Shabon? Like, he's going to get it. He knows me. He understands who I am. And he's really talented. And I know he's going to be enthusiastic about it. And when it comes to people you work with, nothing beats enthusiasm. And so I just DM'd him on Twitter and he was so excited and he has been killing it. So all of those graphics are um, things he did. And then I worked with this incredible photographer, Mallory Turner, and she had such a cool vision. We shot everything out in LA because I kind of wanted the vibe to be like, dirty LA with a little bit of witchy vibes and I feel like so happy with how everything came out so that's gonna be out in the world I'm really excited and yay here we go I'm also playing Opry on August 14th and I'm gonna have an EP release show that I'll be announcing really soon too and we're gonna do something really fun at the Opry that day so um if you guys can make it or tune in like you're definitely gonna want to because I'm gonna have a very very special guest So I've been asking for feedback on what you guys want to hear on the podcast. And something I really want to do is incorporate new segments and have things that like pop up every week. And I asked last week about that. And I had um, a girl named Alex reach out to me and say that I should have like a segment where you guys send in stories about terrible things your ex did and like whether they're funny or not. And I talk about it because... I only have so many exes I can roast, you know? And honestly, like, I'm getting a little bit bored of it because I feel like I've told you guys, like, everything I have to say. And I want to hear your stories because, you know, I can... I can have too much to say about other people's lives as well. So let's overshare. And if you want to send me um, a message about it, the best way to probably reach me is to do um, community. So my number on there is 615-492-3926. And send me a message. Tell me like the worst thing that's ever happened to you dating wise. And uh, I think I'm going to call the segment My Ex Sucks because it's just straightforward. So let's do that. I'm really excited to hear your stories and to share them. And if you guys have any other ideas for segments or guests that you want me to have on, um, I have some really fun guests scheduled. I had to postpone one of them and that was supposed to be this week's episode. So stay tuned for that. But um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Love you all so much. I am going to go have some wine and celebrate the fact that love child comes out tomorrow and uh you guys are the best let me know what you want to hear i'll put my community number and the pre-save link in the description so hope you guys had a wonderful fourth of july and i'll see you next week i'm kaylee shore and this is too much to say This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey there, all you lovely listeners. Let's dive into this latest release that is going to suck the life out of you in the best way possible. So listen up, because the Womanizer Next 3D Pleasure Air Stimulator, available from Pink Cherry, takes pleasure to a whole new dimension, literally. Imagine taking the speed and intensity of the original groundbreaking Pleasure Air technology combined with new Climax Control, so you can control even the depth of the airwaves. The 3D Pleasure Air technology offers a deeper, richer sensation that might just transport you to another universe of pleasure. The Womanizer Next 3D, available from Pink Cherry, is the only toy that allows you to take complete control of your orgasm journey with fully customizable speeds, intensities, and depths. Made from soft-touch silicone, a fully waterproof body, and smart silence technology, you can enjoy pleasure anywhere, anytime. So what are you waiting for? Ditch the dull and enjoy unparalleled pleasure from the Womanizer Next 3D, available from Pink Cherry. Visit PinkCherry.com and save an extra 20% off with code NEXT.